everybody get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis as we launch into year 15. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before we start the show, I just got to say... Congratulations to Andy Mitchell and Aww. his beautiful brand new wife, Yay! Anna. We were having dinner at the equally brand new Marriott in Bethesda. And uh-huh. who should walk by but Andy and Anna? And we know they were dating and that they were deeply in love. They got married that day. And they so didn't nice. invite us, which sucks. But congratulations <laughs> to Andy and Anna. Okay. How to make it about you. Yeah, uh, is it anyway, not all about me? And I also want to start off, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the Keith McNally and James Corden kerfuffle. Um, which I feel like has been talked about way too much. But it does bring up a very valid point, something that um, everybody in the industry talks about a lot, and that is how people treat staff in a restaurant. And there, there is a systemic problem, and the contract needs to be rewritten about how, how patrons behave and how servers are treated and vice versa. People might not know what you're talking about. James Corden went into the restaurant and acted badly. Yes, and Maybe. got called out on it and then apologized. But he apologized to the restaurant tour and not to the actual staff that he treated badly. So I just, every week on this show, at the end of the show, I remind people to take their kindness pills. No restaurant, no server wants you to have a bad time. It's not intentional. So just take your kindness pill and behave appropriately. All right. Now you can start the show. All right. So today's show starts off as always always with Deb Moser from Central Farm Markets. Mm -hmm. Um, They're going to be talking. She's going to be talking about Pepe, which is Jose Andres food truck, which is coming to the market. Mm -hmm. And gourds. I never mentioned my gourds. Uh, Right. Bing bong. Our drink segment is a great guy, Felipe Bertrand. He's from Nobu. Uh, Nobu DC is a spectacular restaurant if you haven't been there, Mm -hmm. and you should have been. We're going to be mixing up cocktails today. It looks like everything but sake, right? Oh, we have a little bit of everything. Cool. All right. Um, Ice Cream Jubilee specializes in lots of creative uh, flavors, and they've got some great new fall lineup, but they've made a ghost pepper ice cream. Okay, you are totally framing this wrong. It is. We are doing a ghost pepper challenge here in studio with Ice Cream Jubilee. Oh, well, I didn't do uppers this morning, so yeah. I'm not as, as jacked up. But. Okay. All right, so we're going to be doing that with Victoria Lay. Uh, and Dr. Janine Prime is in. She owns two Caribbean restaurants in D.C. You know Kane, and I bet you know St. James now that opened in May on 14th Street. That's so young. And uh, we're going to be tasting some good stuff and talking about her her menu and her fare. Mm-hmm. Every time you turn around, at least I turn around, it seems like Marriott is something uh, has something new going on. Obviously, the new uh, uh, hotel in Bethesda is amazing. But down at the JW Marriott, they have a program called Le Petit Chef. I'm not going to give too many hints to what's going on, but uh, Tony Hull, who's executive chef at the JW, is in with a, his friend Jake Bickle from Table Mation Studios, and we'll explain about that when we get there. Right. But you got to stay and listen to that. Okay. So, Deb. Hi, Deb. Hello. Jose's, hello, coming hello. To, Jose's coming to the market, sort of. Yeah, Jose is coming with Pepe, which is his food truck. Mm-hmm. It's a very cute food truck, and he has all Spanish food on it, as you 
would, would, would guess, right? Shocker. What is it? Uh, Do you guys Prince normally right, have right. food trucks? Because you have like at the Bethesda Market, which is now back at the elementary school. Right. Which sort was of crushed the, last week yeah, when we were there. So it's sort I love the way it's laid out. It's sort of like uh, you know, baked goods and uh vegetables and produce. You sort of like meander around. And then right. it's like a whole little like street, like a little block of prepared foods. So exactly. how does the um, food truck like become a part of that? Get in? Yeah. Well, he's going to be, he's actually going to be parked on the circle uh-huh. right as you enter the market. And that's why, okay. they, that's why so, I can't find parking yeah. there. Mm-hmm. So we, mm-hmm. we, we make space. Right. So he's going to have flautas, and, which is a Spanish sandwich. Mm-hmm. Um, they have cro- crocatas and patatas, bravas. You know, fried potatoes. Right. I love with a cup of coffee. I don't know about you, but in the delicious. morning it makes me so happy. So come out early. They will have lines, as you can imagine. Right. The food is delicious. Um, we also have gourds and mm-hmm. it's gourd time. And it's time to start thinking about that Thanksgiving table or just decorations outside for Halloween. And, I thought you were going to say that uh, fall is gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yes. Nice Didn't you read my e-blast this week? I did. Gee, Hello, um, gorgeous. I might have missed it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Deb, tell everybody where they can find the market, please. Uh, centralfarmmarkets.com, <laughs> and you'll find all of our information there. Sign up for our weekly e-blast. You'll get a lot more. Excellent. Thanks, Deb. We'll see you next all week. Right. All Take right. Care. All right. So, Felipe Bertrand. Talk to me. I'm talking to you, man. Yeah. So, yeah, in front of the mic. why don't you do a little quick 411? I mean, everybody knows Nobu, the the name, the Not brand, everybody. but about the restaurant that's here in D.C. So, us here in D.C., we've been open for a couple of years now in beautiful location on M Street. I think uh, for our restaurant, it's all about the architecture. It's all about the interior design, right? Coming in with some beautiful food and some delicious cocktails. Boy, he's right? good. Uh, yes. Our restaurant, you know, it's, it's, it sees a very different crowd than other restaurants or Nobu's that I've worked in. Young crowd. Yeah, because you've worked have, all. Can we just talk about like? Oh yeah, I've you been, look like you're ten, <laughs> but you've been working in Nobu for a very long time. I started time. Nobu. I started there when I was I just turned seventeen. Uh, I was just turning eighteen, so I was seventeen, just turned eighteen. Is that legal? Started mm-hmm. in two thousand fifteen. It actually is very legal. Okay. Yeah, I've hired a few sixteen-year-olds uh, after I became a manager. Even <laughs> and as long as you're in with, within the same uh, labor laws, you're okay. Okay. Uh, so I started in two thousand fifteen in our Miami location when we uh, moved from a small little. A hole in the wall in South Beach to a big, massive flagship uh, hotel and restaurant. Um, so that's what I started. Uh, I grew my foundation there for three years. After working there for three years, I got the opportunity to uh, open uh, Nobu Sao Paulo in Brazil. I spent three months in Brazil training the team. And then uh, once I came back from there, I spent another two months in Los Cabos, Mexico, Opening up can, can a I just second say hotel and restaurant. Your life sucks. Yeah, kind of difficult. Yeah. <laughs> and then once I came back from Cabo, I spent some time back home in Miami. Um, always based out of Miami throughout this all these journeys. Uh, and then I had to, the opportunity to go to uh, Saudi Arabia. So I spent three weeks working in a pop up in Jeddah over the Red Sea. Uh, also stunning location. It's all about Sounds beautiful, beautiful views with stunning food. And spectacular cocktails. And now you're here right? in D.C. And now I've made it here to D.C. And then uh, throughout D.C., I just came back from Singapore, opening up that location just a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, yeah, I've been been to a few places. I bet. It sounds <laughs> like it. All right. What cocktail are you yeah. making for us first well, this morning? Today, starting off with the classic, this is something you can find in every single Nobu location. Many restaurants copy it, but none can replicate it. And that's the lychee martini. Excellent. Right? You can find that everywhere. We use fresh-pressed lychee juice. Uh, Icelandic Reka vodka, and then just a little bit of elderflower li- liquor to round it out. 
it's absolutely stunning. So Good. I'll get that Good ready shaking. for you so we can Great. go and, and taste it. It's called Reka Vodka? Yeah. It was just there. I didn't, I missed. Okay. Bummer. All right. Victoria. Victoria. Ice Cream Jubilee. Hi. Before we talk about ghost peppers and all that, tell us about Ice Cream Jubilee. So I opened Ice Cream Jubilee here in Washington, D.C. in 2014. Mm. Um, I never worked in the food business before. I was a lawyer. right in the middle of the recession. Brilliant. Brilliant. Right. I was a lawyer at the Department of Homeland Security. But it was always my dream to work in food and to make people happy with ice cream. But why ice cream? Where did the ice cream come from? So ice cream to me has a very special place in my heart because my father loves ice cream. And okay. that was just a way that he always bonded with my sister and I. And then I found out. Was that going out for ice cream or making ice cream together? Well, you know, what was special about it is we weren't making ice cream and we weren't going out to any very, very special place. But he worked very long hours when my sister and I were young and would also often miss dinner with us, but would come home, we'd have ice cream together. That was our dad-daughter moment. Um, and this I before feel before dinner or after dinner? This was, mm-hmm. actually, he would come home when we were already tucked in for bed and get us down for ice cream. I'm now sure as a mom. Uh, I was going to say, I'm sure your mother loves that. caught a raft of that. I can imagine <laughs> me doing that. Oh anyway. But, you know, um, and, and the more people I talk to, uh, I... It's very clear that every single person has a happy memory about ice cream. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're going out or you're making it with your grandpa or enjoying it with your college friends. Everybody remembers um, happy memories with ice cream. So now you cut to present day. You have, am I right, three locations? Absolutely, yeah. So where my are they? First location is down by Yards Park by the baseball stadium. That terrible spot, I'm sure. Oh, it's beautiful, especially <laughs> on a beautiful day like today. The sun is always shining down there. And then another one on T Street at 14th, right near you. Mm. And uh, the the most recently opened one is in Boston Quarter in Arlington. And they're having a big fall festival today. That's a lot of fun. Location, so, but, location, but location. But let's talk about your ice creams. And, like, do you have you have your old standbys, but you're always doing seasonal offerings. So do you just sort of recycle seasonal ones year after year, or do you get really creative? Is that part of the process? Well, one of the hardest things uh, to do, it's hard but fun, is to decide what flavors are coming back for the next year because you get just absolute devoted fans who latch onto a flavor that we only meant to have for three or four weeks. And they said, you have to have it all year round or every single year. Um, So we do recycle um, some some. Some of our greatest hits. Right. You know, blueberry pie in the summer. Mm -hmm. um, All of our Chinese New Year flavors we bring back, um, and we've added to it. But then for the fall, we have pumpkin honeycomb, maple rye pecan, which where we use uh, local Catoctin Creek whiskey, rye whiskey in that. Um, Apple butter oatmeal cookie. That we, I think, will always stick around because apple pie with cookies. Right. Can't get any better than Mm. that. Um, And cardamom amaretto is one of my favorites. But new for the season is a vegan spiced apple cider sorbet. Wow. Well, I'd love to get more into, like, the vegan, Mm -hmm. how you deal with gluten-free. Like, there's all these dietary restrictions now and how you sort of deal with them because you sell your products not just in your stores but in other markets. Um, But I think we should talk about the ghost pepper concept. What, What made you decide to do this? Well, so, you know, in line with what you were, we were talking about. Are you about, a sadist? <laughs> I mean, to be honest, like, I don't have a great spice tolerance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's so much fun to engage all of your senses, whether it's spiciness and sweetness, sour, um, and all the textures. So um, 
while we brought back a lot of our greatest hits flavors for the fall, I wanted to introduce something new. So our ghost pepper ice cream is actually a pineapple pumpkin base mm-hmm. um, with Carolina Reaper peppers and fresh ghost just peppers. the name. So. Okay. And so ha- are people coming into the shop and just taking the challenge? How is this happening? Okay. So the challenge um, – the challenge happens, and every person who wants to participate gets a four-ounce cup of this pineapple pumpkin ghost pepper ice cream, but they also get a complimentary cup of another flavor in case they need to cool their mouth down. We're okay. just anticipating this need that we've seen constantly. And to enter the competition, you record a video of yourself attempting to eat as much of this one cup as possible and um, post that onto Instagram with the required hashtags, um, one scoop challenge, and tag us so then okay. we know that you're doing it. And the winner can um, the winner can win a month of free ice cream scoops. Sandwich. Okay, That's great. Good. All right, so we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, everybody in studio, we're gonna commit mass suicide. It'll be great. <laughs> going to do the ghost pepper challenge. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis momentarily until we. Taste this ghost pepper ice cream from Ice Cream Jubilee. Are you guys ready? All right, everybody in studio. Let's go. Nikki's taking a photo. Last photos of your life. You're right here. Okay, come on. All right, David, let's see what you think. Holy cow. (laughs) Am I allowed to say holy crap? I need some that luchi martini now. Everybody, what do we got? Janine, Charissa. Yeah, that's spicy. Okay. But you get the pineapple at the first, right? Oh, yeah. Like, she's you really like, get she's like, it's not that spicy. It's not yeah. that spicy. Oh, no, it is very spicy. <laughs> I know not to eat. You can still taste the pumpkin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can still taste the pumpkin. The that's why it's right. Yeah, yeah. Tony, you're an optimist. All right, I'm going to do some now. Oh, my God. That's... So I'm going to help you. I'm going to help out and scoop some of our other fall Ooh! flavors, some cardamom amaretto for anybody who needs to yeah. cool down your mouth here. Mom. Ooh, that's spicy. <laughs> oh, my God. I told you. You think I'm being a baby? <laughs> there you go. I'm so glad I have the lychee drink Nikki now, Deb. what I signed up for. great. <laughs> I knew nobody oh. brought waters. They weren't anticipating this. No, I did not. Okay. <laughs> Woo! That's great. Thank you. So let's talk about vegan. Let's talk about gluten-free. Let's talk about all these things that you are now adding to your um, to your offer. That is if you can still talk. Okay. Um, yeah, so I mean. I'm sweating. I know. It's like. <laughs> One thing that we've learned being open for several years is that everybody has, a lot of people have different dietary needs or they just have a preference. You know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of our vegan offerings are non-dairy sorbets. So it's lighter, it's fruitier, and I, I think that it cools you off more when you're in um, in the summertime. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have an apple cider sorbet, a vegan one. Here, this will be nice. Just go ahead and dig in there. Okay. Sure. And um, I and love the idea of an apple cider sorbet. You know what I think is kind of interesting is that people sort of relate ice cream to warm weather, but all your flavors really speak to the season. So it makes perfect sense to have ice cream sort of year-round, right? I've always had ice cream year-round, and most people I know do, too. Well, are you going to be okay? Yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> if your sinuses are clogged, have some ghost pepper ice right. cream. I mean, did you take a big, big scoop? I might have. Here, have a little bit of this. This is uh, maple rye pecan. All right. okay. It I'm goes with our little them. boozy theme and has some Catoctin Creek I'm going to put my germs in all of them. Let's see. Um, <clears throat> Mm-hmm. I have some apple butter oatmeal cookie for anybody else who needs to cool off their tongue. And the here. apple cider is delicious. So come on over and stick your spoons. Yeah, I have in. no diseases known to man. Yeah, come By the way, Catoctin Creek, Creek, Scott was on our Scott Harris was on mm-hmm. one of our first shows yes. right when they opened. Mm-hmm. And now they rule the world. 
They Crazy. Do the They're fantastic. Mm, mm. And so let's talk about some of your partnerships because you do a lot of collaborations. Why do that? How do you do that? How do you make uh, meet up with other people? Well, as we all know, it's so important to support local businesses, especially mm-hmm. local businesses in the food industry. Mm-hmm. And the first way we can do that is by talking to other local businesses, collaborating with them, and letting people know that we have really awesome products. One of my favorites is coffee and donuts, Mm -hmm. um, where we use district donuts, um, cake donuts, and we use Zeke's coffee Mm. for our- Great um, coffee. Yeah, so we make a a steep it in, like a cold brew, and then add donuts to the ice cream. It's a perfect combination. That is a perfect combination. Zeke's is at the farmer's market. Yes, Zeke's is at the farmer's market. That'll wake you up. (laughs) You'll always see local businesses supporting other local, and I think that that's really important. I totally and completely agree with you. Are you doing any other collabs that you're looking forward to? You know, we always, uh, we're always reaching out to Whist and to District Donuts, like I mentioned, uh-huh. um, <clears throat> Zeke's, and... Um, Kentuckian? Yeah, we'll just, uh, you know, as the season changes, we work with different producers and suppliers. Great. Excellent. Well, anything coming up for the holidays that we should know about? I mean, I do think this apple cider sorbet is, like, perfect on a Thanksgiving table. And it would be a great palate cleanser between yep. um, between meals. Just it, it almost lifts up your stomach so you can have a little bit more room before you dig back into the pies. Exactly. It's well, One fun thing that we do uh, for the holidays is uh, turn some of our best fall flavors into ice cream pies. And you can have a slice Ooh, of ice cream great. next to your slice of pie. Um, because if you're like me, you have like five different slices That's to brilliant. try all the different I like ones. That. That's a lot of fun. And then we ship nationwide. So Ice Cream Jubilee makes a great gift to anybody who knows the brand from being in D.C. and now lives far away. Or um, you want to give a taste of D.C. to someone else. Well, you clearly are into spinoffs. So I would also suggest a funeral home after. (laughs) Tell everybody where they can find you online and on Instagram, please. Sure. Ice Cream Jubilee is at icecreamjubilee.com. We have three locations around Washington, D.C., and uh, you can find all of our links to uh, our nationwide shipping and uh, our Instagram right there. It's at I- Ice Cream Jubilee. And Excellent. we'll see you on the other side. Uh, Try well, this. Uh, wait, wait. When you say see you on the should I go to it? <laughs> wait, wait, I just saw the light. Should I go to it? <laughs> okay, right. Felipe, Felipe from Novo. This lychee uh, martini is the perfect complement to the spiciness the of the ghost Thank pepper. God we drank this antidote, while we had the ice cream right? because I'm still recovering from that ghost uh, that pepper. My throat is on fire. Actually, what I love is is like people who love spice. They're like, oh yeah, I can totally do spice. And then you know when you, yeah. I mean, I think I love spice. Yeah. I was with Teresa once at a dinner at my house where we were having a Thai menu served to us. And it was a year ago, and I ate a pepper. And I love spice, but my face became purple. Yeah. Purple. I could not eat the rest of the meal. It was I, It was too much for me. I said, my, and I was so concerned, I said, where's the insurance policy? Yes, right, exactly. <laughs> he didn't know what was happening. All right, what are you serving up next? So I'm doing something that one of the first cocktails I created when I moved over to this location, something really just fun and beautifully tasting, fantastic mm-hmm. flavor profiles, but then... Something that I felt our menu lacked was that Instagrammable pretty picture cocktail that everybody's coming to, to Nobu for, right? They're coming to be seen or see people that, you know, they want to see. So that was the idea behind this cocktail. It's the Butterflies and Blossoms, right? So I, I tried to use Butterfly PT, which is that uh, an, an antioxidant tea that when you steep it, it's blue. Once you change the pH level by adding any Butterfly sort of citrus. Butterfly PT? Yeah, yes. it changes from blue to purple. Right. Right. Uh, so the the cocktail itself is, is purple. 
when you're making it at the bar top, you're using a lot of blue ingredients and then magically something purple uh, comes out of your shake. Cool. Right. So uh, we're using Roku gin, which is a Japanese gin using uh, six different Japanese botanicals, uh, grapefruit juice. And then within this uh, butterfly PT, we also steep uh, some rosemary. So you get a little bit of aromatics into that. Uh, and then it's topped off with a yuzu, which is a Japanese citrus soda. So, so something very really refreshing, easy very easy drinking <laughs> and very pretty to look at, you know, because it has some uh, edible uh, butterflies up on the top. Cool. So well, let's get to it. Speaking of pretty to look at, the food that's in front of us now looks pretty pretty. Um, Dr. Janine Prime Hello. is um, – uh, I'm going to start off by saying she holds an MBA <laughs> – and a PhD. We're going to make your parents proud, whether yeah. they like it or not. Wait. Thanks for that. I mean, you, you come out of the, you know, the consulting world, and you make great food at St. James, and you make great food at Kane. Let's talk about it. How did all talk this happen? Talk about how you got into yeah. the food world. Well, uh, I mean, were you hungry at the podium of your lecture series? And Well, my dad actually was a minister when we were kids. Well, that leads into food, sure. We always had people at our house. Mm -hmm. And so my mom was always entertaining and cooking lots of food. And I loved to be a part of that and help her cook. And making people happy with food was something I realized I enjoyed really early on. And uh, But your mom was cooking the food that she knew. That she knew. So yeah. can we talk about that a little bit and sort of how you adopted that into the food you're yeah, serving today? Yeah, she's definitely a big influence on on the food at both of the restaurants. Mm-hmm. That's how I learned to cook and appreciate food. Um, you know, we grew up in, I grew up in Trinidad, and that's that's where I spent my childhood till I was like 17 years old. Mm-hmm. And the food there, I don't think I appreciated it as much um, until I left. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trinidad has a very um, multi-ethnic cuisine, mm-hmm. uh, reflective it's of the population. It's a real melting pot. It is a real yeah. melting pot. We have huge Asian influences, both uh, East Indian, um, Chinese, um, Brits. African, yep. British, French, Portuguese, Spanish. We're like five miles off the coast of Venezuela. So that's also a huge influence on our food. And that just makes for deliciousness in my so, opinion. So, why so, how is it, so how is the cuisine of the country sort of presented? Like for people who aren't familiar with it, you have all these influences how would you best explain to someone, because what you're doing at Kane and what you're doing at St. James are very, while there's similarities in the food, it's very different. So how do you explain it to people who don't know or who yeah. haven't had the, don't have the education on it? I think the food at Kane definitely, because Kane is much smaller place, smaller mm-hmm. kind of restaurant, is much more like the presentation and type of food that people eat on the street in Trinidad, so doubles. Uh, one of our really popular dishes there, pilori, um, at St. James with a slightly larger space and different format. We're able to showcase more of the types of cuisine that you will find in Trinidad mm-hmm. and also sort of play around with some modern interpretations of, you know, authentic dishes. Well, let's talk about the bread because it's my favorite thing. Yes, I know. So, because... <laughs> There's something about the texture. Let's pop that over yes. here. Yes. Come There's on. something about the texture. So can you, you have it with the the curry? So you gotta scoop yes. it up. Oh, so beautiful. Although my son just eats this by itself. And um, well, of course you, you would. Uh, your son and me are um, 
linked, obviously. So can we talk about the bread? What yes. is the what is the history of the bread? What is the bread called? How's it made? So, How's it made? So in Trinidad, there are two major types of roti that people eat, which is basically a flat bread. Mm-hmm. This kind is called paratha, mm-hmm. um, and it has lots of butter and, and layers. Oh, no, it. not butter. <laughs> Some clarified butter that we uh-huh. call ghee. Right. Um, and so, um, you know, you, you... Don't take that spoon. <laughs> I swear to God. That nobody, makes nobody ever accused me of being smart. <laughs> a really flaky and buttery texture. Mm-hmm. There we go. Uh, right. And makes it really easy to eat this? on its own. I got it. But I really love to create the perfect bite with potato, chana, mm-hmm. which is what we call chickpeas, mm-hmm. beef, goat. Mm. So um, it's lots of stews, like everything you brought yeah, in studio. Yeah, lots of braised, lots, lots and lots of braised dishes in our cooking. There's a kick. Everything takes long. She doesn't want to hear what there's I have like to say. No a, fast food. Really. There's a kick to this too. <laughs> yes, mm, mm, mm. and then we we have lots of condiments <laughs> that we serve mm. with. All our food, we're condiment crazy. <laughs> <I swear laughs> to God. So every every dish has a, a sauce. Mm-hmm. The spicier, the better. Although those those two. Thankfully, since we had the this ghost is, pepper This experience. is a little bit of a left turn, but why did you bother becoming an organizational psychologist, whatever that is? I know. Is? I asked myself that, that well, question. Well, wait a second. Well. Because you run a restaurant. So it is a business. You, it is a business. And, and there you're dealing are with a lot of psychos. Involved. So you have to psychologically handle everybody. Am I wrong? It hasn't hurt. Right. Mm, that sounds like, well, you're sort of an amateur organizational psychologist. Yes, I am. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about all the different things on the menus and all the new and interesting things you have coming up. This is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. We have stopped sweating. We're back. No, I'm we'll still We'll be back sweating. in a second. My socks are wet. <laughs> All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. Uh, Janine Prime has filled the desk here with great food. Mm-hmm. How do you de- actually? How do you decide what you know? There's so much to to kind of work your way through. How do you decide what goes on the menu? Mm. Well, I pick my favorite dishes. <laughs> the, the menu pretty reads like all mm, of my it's all the about favorite you, things I it? like mm-hmm. to eat. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, but we're gonna really do lots of different seasonal. Um, dishes as well. We're getting ready to do some new stuff for the holidays. Well, what does that mean? I mean, again, I've learned about the food from Trinidad through you because it was not something I had had before. So, you know, it started with Cane and now St. James. So what does that look like? So for the the holidays, one of the things we want to do is uh, create uh, some dishes that are really popular to eat at that time. One one of those is called pasteles mm-hmm. um, or pastels, um, and it is corn uh, it's stuffed with uh, with ground meat, um, and it's steamed in a banana leaf. So um, is it tamale? that's one of those? Is it it's like kind of like a tamale? Yeah, yeah, sort of that texture. Okay. Um, the banana leaf imparts this really uh, beautiful flavor mm-hmm. as well. I believe those are, that's one of the dishes that's, um, you know, influenced by our Latin neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're excited to be presenting that. We're going to do some cocktails that are popular, our Trinidadian version of, thrown there, no of, uh, <laughs> of eggnog, which uh-huh. is really citrusy. So what's um, it, is, so is the eggnog similar to, what's it called, Coca-Cola? 
called Coquito. Is it a little bit, a little bit more, more of the citrus notes in it, rum, um, cinnamon, nutmeg. Okay, so I'm gonna since you mentioned (laughs) rum, when I was in St. James, we had your pineapple chow. Yeah, the no, the rum cake. The rum cake, yes. So I have to be honest. Rum cakes to me are always oversaturated dry cakes that taste like a shot of liquor, and I, they've never <laughs> appealed to me at all. And but I, I, I you have you changed the conversation. <laughs> so let's talk about the desserts because, again, if you don't, you only know when you know. So can we talk about your rum cake and the other things that are available? Yes. So this is a little controversial because rum cake means different things to different people in the Caribbean. Right. So there is a very popular type of rum cake called black cake. Okay. Um, it is, it's black. It has a lot of fruit and it's black and, and it's soaked. Um, the fruit in it, uh, which in, consists of currants, cherries, a whole bunch of raisins, a whole bunch of fruit is uh, marinated, soaked in rum for days. So it's and a panettone soaked in rum. Or like yes. A, or like a uh, there's a little bit of molasses. Yes, it is like a, it is, yeah, it's one okay. of those British influences. Mm-hmm. That's really popular. This is not that. No, <laughs> it's, it's a, not. It's a sponge cake, so mm-hmm. it's lighter, um, really moist, and we make this uh, rum sauce. Um, that we soak it in um, after it's But it's baked. not too sweet. No, it's not too sweet. But it's sweet. also not like you're not getting drunk off it. No, you know? no. But yes. it's rummy. Yes. And we serve good. it with a, a delicious, my favorite is the coconut ice cream. Well, which is the right. one thing I want to talk about, you know, because it sounds, all sounds so good. If you're sitting out there in radio land, mm-hmm. you know, if you live, you know, within spitting distance of T Street or H Street, you can come to these restaurants. But you guys do a ton of, I mean, the, the pandemic made to go like an, an okay yes, thing. <laughs> so um, uh, Grubhub, uh, who delivers? Uh, so DoorDash, Uber, mm-hmm. Grubhub at Kane. We're about to start uh, doing delivery at St. James. So wow. Because they figured but, out how to keep stuff warm now, which is key. No, no, no. But I think you're missing a key component that's really hard. Am is I? that Yeah. Now that restaurants are doing back to in-service and many yeah. have outdoor patios yeah. that weren't initially a part of what their kitchen ca- uh, capabilities could do. Now they have to add to go on top of it. How do you handle all of that? Yeah. Because when Kane was running during the pandemic, it was all takeout. It was all takeout. Because our so, space is so tiny. You don't have a, a kitchen. Cause, it was the cause of a lot of speeding on, on my part. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But like the kitchen, how does the kitchen handle all of it? Yeah, I mean it's it is it's a challenge, especially these days where it's hard to find staff in right. the industry. A lot of people are still experiencing those challenges. Sure, um, but, it's a problem uh, you want to have because finding staff, you don't want to have that problem. No, but but the business, otherwise yeah, no, they're all standing around. It really at Kane, it really allowed us to reach um, you know folks who hadn't had the opportunity to come into the restaurant. Mm-hmm. As you know, uh, we had long wait lists back then yes. before we were doing takeout. And so I think it allowed us to be introduced to a lot of people who Well if I mean if you're if you're street. close by 
go get this stuff. And okay, wait. Not, before we wrap her up, just tell us lastly about my favorite dish that you brought pals, in today. my favorite snack as a kid. Um, it's kind of like the Trini version of a bao bun. Mm-hmm. Um, these are stuffed with a spicy pork. Um, I inhaled it. Seasoned with, uh, it's really light. and It people... is really light. <laughs> bao buns can be... Heavy. Yeah. And this is not. Well, These I know, and as a glutton, I want to say usually bow buns have a tiny little be- a bit of meat in the middle, and you know, the. This yeah, these are more meat. Remember when we talked centric. about like complaining in restaurants? I'm not like, complaining. complaining. I'm saying this is, this is, <laughs> right. this is. People like invariably the at the restaurant order two. Like they get Without, one and then. Totally get it. And okay. kids love it. <laughs> Tell us, please, where we can find you online and on Instagram. Yes, um, at St. James, DC. Mm-hmm. Um, and at Kane DC uh, on Instagram. Thank you. All right, Thanks now we're going back to Felipe Bertrand, who is the beverage and events manager at Nobu DC. Let's talk brunch. Uh, well, wait a minute, one second. This drink <laughs> is very subtle because it do, you don't taste any alcohol. No, in this drink very but easy this drinking. Drink would knock you on your butt. Oh, absolutely. Thank you very much. Well, let yeah. me have a sip. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> David, David got a butterfly in his I mouth. I ate the butterfly. The oh, butterfly. they're edible. Well, they you can edible. Edible. say butterfly pea. Butterfly pea tea. So that's what makes the drink purple. But it is it. It's a tea. It's a tea. That's, it's a flower, actually. Yeah. So you, you you get the flower, and that's what that's it's, it's butterfly a, people, pea. People use it as an antioxidant. Butterflies right. are not yeah. peeing in my drink. No, right. it's P P E A. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Thank goodness. <laughs> All right. right. So let's talk about brunch. It's now happening at Nobu. I mean, yeah. not a lot of people think brunch. And sushi. So talk to us. But it tends to work. You know, we have snow crab benedicts with crispy rice, mm-hmm. you know, steak and eggs with a spicy anticucho sauce, which that comes mm-hmm. kind of brings in our, our Peruvian and South American influence into the menu. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, delicious avocado toast over, you know, Japanese milk bread, some shokupan with very soft scrambled eggs. It, it, it's different, but it works. Right, well, and then and not to mention, it's paired with some delicious, refreshing cocktails. Right, exactly. He's like <laughs> that. I make. So, for example, what are you serving us next? So, uh, something I'm doing next is a signature here from uh, DC. It's not necessarily a, a, a brunchy cocktail. I think we've all recovered from our uh, ghost pepper. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's something with a little bit of heat, a little spice one. to it. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it's called the 25th and M, which is an homage to our address, 25th and M Street. Uh, using uh, Codigo Rosa rum, uh, sorry, tequila, which is a tequila that's aged in Cabernet barrels, which you'll see the the significance to that in a bit, with a little bit of lime, habanero, uh, and uh, just an orange segment to bring out those aromas. And then it's topped off with our uh, private label Cabernet. Beautiful. Okay. Thank you. Well, while you get to that and pour it for everyone. Well, let's... So can I introduce yes, this since I experienced yeah, I, it? Fine. Okay. I was only going to introduce... Tony, because he's urbane and interesting. Okay, why don't you introduce who's coming on, and then I'll tell people about that. So Tony Ho is the executive chef at the JW Marriott downtown, and Mm -hmm. he juggles everything from the restaurants to room service to catering and all that. And And it's a massive space. He is a calm, serene guy. I don't know how you do it, man. But you do it. Mm-hmm. Right? I have a very good team. Yeah, okay. He has a good team. Do you want to introduce the other? And on the phone on? is Jake Bickle. Jake is uh, with uh, an operation called Table Mation Studios, and I'm going to leave it at that because I know you want to talk about Le Petit Chef. Right. So a couple of weeks ago, I had the pleasure of going down to the JW Marriott and doing this immersive experience called Le Petit Chef, and I'm going to let the players here explain it to you, but. It's sort of this new trend. We're hearing about immersive Van Gogh and immersive Frida. There are all these 
uh, 3D immersive experiences that we do physically and virtually, and now it's hitting the restaurant industry. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you guys are affecting that at the JW Marriott? Yeah, so from uh, from the Marriott side of things, um, you know, we're always looking to to um, to use spaces that maybe are not being utilized as much as possible. So, you know, what can we put in a space that is currently not being used? How about a ghost pepper? Well, we can talk about the ghost peppers. <laughs> um, so we partnered with uh, Tablemation, and uh, we put in this interactive experience. And um, so far, it's been very successful. Um, and the main thing is it, it – it allows you to have fun, right? So we're, we're trying to create a dining experience as opposed to just feeding people. Oh, it's entertainment. Well, let's, let's bring in Jake. Jake, can you walk us through what happens, What happens? the experience, and I will add my experience with it? Absolutely. So you kind of hit it on the head. You know, it's an immersive dining experience. There's a lot of immersive experience out there, and we're one of the first to bring food into it. So we're bringing, you know, two things people love, the immersiveness and food Combine it together, you get a really unique experience where you have an animated show on your table right in front of you with Le Petit Chef, who's about a two-inch tall chef that's running around the table, and there's different adventures that he's in. And then after each animation, you're served a course that matches the animation, so it's fully immersive going from on your table to real life and being able to eat the food that you just saw in the animation. But, you know, what's interesting about the animation is it's, I mean, in real life, it's 3D. It's very, it's a bizarre thing to watch. Do you know what I mean? Like, how do you guys yeah. affect that? So uh, just to give people a lay of the land, you're sitting at a table. It is completely white. There is a plate. There is a projector above you. And that projects this experience going on with full surround sound and et cetera. And then the food complements the story that's being is it told. on the table or on each plate? How does it's, it work? It's the entire table. So, mm. but how is, yeah. how is the, how is that 3D happening happening? Like, how is that happening? Cause it's, it's almost disconcerting at, at first. At first I kept thinking there was like a bug on the table. <laughs> I kept like slamming the well, that's, table. That's, that's, that's what everyone does. Everyone tries to grab the chef at first and pick him up and cause it looks so real. And, right. and in all ways, in all ways it shouldn't be possible because we're just projecting onto a flat surface. But you know, our, our artists have been working on this project for about seven years now. And it took a lot of trial and error and it took, you know, the right angles and, and just the right amount of shadows and to make it have this 3D pop. Um, and, and we've been able to achieve that, I think, pretty well. All right, listen, we have to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about how you came up with the storyline and then how you work with Chef to create the food that then gets executed. Because you could do a fabulous visual, but if the food doesn't complement correctly, then it's an epic fail, Tony's right? Tony's out of a job. Right. Tony's like, I'm never out of a job. Okay, this is David and Nikki Nellis, Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Tony Hull, who's the executive chef at JW Marriott, and Jake McKell from Tablemation Studios about Le Petit Chef. The rumor is Le Petit Chef and the Geico Gecko have a thing going on. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I don't want to that's address that That's how rumors that get started. It's a little scary. Okay, so Jake, let's talk about the activation and how you work with a chef like Tony to make it successful. Absolutely. So... You know, the artists at Skull Mapping, they're the actual artists who create the animation, and then we produce the event, and we help create the experience that the guests get to uh, view. 
And, you know, we come up with just cool ideas. So the one that the JW Marriott has is how to become the world's greatest chef. And it's an interactive between the guests and Lepetit chef. And each course is a lesson in how to become the greatest chef. And something that we do on our side is we leave a lot of flexibility to talented chefs like Tony to create menus around the, the course, around the courses, but don't constrict them. So a lot of our courses are about ingredients or just certain colors on the tables. You know, one of them is all about the art of plating, so it's very artistic. Mm-hmm. And then we we basically hand the keys over to, to Tony and, and say, you know, create an awesome menu, which he did, and uh, leaves him a lot of flexibility. So, Tony, why don't you take it from there? How did you see what they were doing, hear the storylines, and decide on the menu to go with? Yeah, so for, for the first start, we we watched the show. Mm-hmm. We sat down and we watched it and we made notes uh, and then collaborating with uh, the team there, especially uh, Chef Craig, who's my right-hand man. And were uh, they excited? Because this is really unique and different. Was the team, this must have been a cool thing for them to like participate in. Yeah, the uh, the guys really look forward to when we have the shows. Um, so we went through, we played the videos or the vignettes, and um, you know we look at seasonality, we look at client base, and and we start to to write menus. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, the first course, obviously, as Jake alluded to, it's just all about tomatoes. Right. right? So I mean, you can go anywhere with that. Uh, so it's a it's a cooler temperatures now as we're going into the winter. So it's a tomato soup based uh, first course, mm-hmm. and then the second course is all about brightness and color and creativity. And you know, we we played around with um, uh, like a Jackson Pollock type dish for the second course because it talks about art a lot. Um, but we just couldn't get it right. We were splattering the plates and <laughs> it was going everywhere. Um, so we we kind of go with a more a composed dish there. Mm-hmm. Is there a, a sort of a drive to because he's called Le Petit Chef to to go more in sort of a direction of French cuisine or not at all? No, not at all. It's, um, you know, uh, he talks, as you watch the vignettes, he talks a lot about passion behind it. Um, not so much about um, like him himself as culturally where he's from, um, but more about the passion for food, the passion for creativity and art and uh, the love he has of, of cooking. And that translates to most cooks. That, that well, get... is his script, was it scripted specially for you or or I guess Jake asked you, is that a script? Is it... Yeah, Jake, do you guys talk about what it's going to roll out like or do you guys have a set plan in mind? Yeah, so this is uh, an animation that we uh, offer to a lot of different people. So mm-hmm. uh, we bring this in and then kind of fit it to uh, JW Marriott in um, kind of the intro and outro. But the, the meat of the experience is um, universal. Right. And I assume it's exclusive in, for Marketplace. So nobody else has this. Okay. No. Cool. And so- e- exactly, yeah. They're, they're the only one in D.C. you can go see this. Got it. But it's it's fascinating because of the trends that are happening now. It's really dinner and a show, sure. yeah, right? Correct. I mean, yeah. and I think you are seeing this, you know, like on cruise ships. Like I think you're seeing this in other areas, but it hasn't really hit the cities yet. Do you know what I mean? Like as a way to experience an evening. Well, it just did. <laughs> well, I know, but that's what I think is interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So right now we're seeing um, a lot of the uh, the guests that come. We're seeing a lot of anniversaries, a lot of birthdays, special mm. occasions. 
Um, we have got a lot of interest um, from uh, rehearsal dinners. We do a lot of wedding room blocks at the hotel. That oh, makes sense. Right. Yeah. So we're looking at that segment. Um, we've had a couple of uh, bride uh, or potential bride and grooms come in, and like we've actually sat them down and we've played the show for them. How without, long without does the whole thing take? So we do a pre-reception. So you come in, you get a cocktail, appetizers. That's 30 minutes. We let people gather, um, and then we bring you um, to the table. Uh, so it's a five-course dinner. Um, so we're, we're pushing about two hours right now. Um, there's, you can get a beer pairing for every course if you choose. You can get a wine pairing. Um, so we're, we're on one show right now. And just quickly, can we talk about dessert? Because that is more than interactive. You're actually building your dessert. Yeah, so for dessert, we, um, the, the, the vignette is Le Petit Chef talking about. Uh, it, it's funny. I, I laugh about it. Every, every time I see it, it makes me laugh. Um, he talks about fire and building dessert. A little fire truck comes out. I guess I shouldn't have said that because now you know the end of the show. Um, and now I don't have to pay. It's great. Um, so what we do is we, we send out the base of the dessert. Uh, on the side is all the, the accompaniments that you can add or not add for your liking. And we give you a little small bag of uh, meringue. So you, you pipe on the top oh. of of the tart and then and right then they come over and, and then all the the uh, service staff come come along with uh, torches and they caramelize the top of the tart so all of a sudden the room has got that smell of torch meringue mm -hmm. and, uh, great. and then at the end of that once we go through that everybody gets a, presented with a certificate to say they've graduated the diploma the diploma and they, they now are uh, well, I just want to say to our friend Mark Indre from Marriott, I'm so glad Nikki got to experience this, Mark, <laughs> while I was home cleaning up after dogs. Okay. That sounds like a lot of fun. Do you are you are you going to keep the same menu going forward, or can you so we shake actually, and bake a little? We actually have um, so we we tweak the menus um, uh, so based on customer feedback. So the great thing about Tablemation is that you just have to go to Open Table and search for Le Petit Chef. And the mm -hmm. menus are right there. We offer a full right. vegan menu if you have dietary restrictions. Mm. So you can see exactly what it is we're serving. Smart. Um, the spring menu is already created. We've, right. al we've already done uh, R&D on that. We've already done the dishes. So as soon as we get into that season, we'll roll a spring menu. Um, and we're, we're, we're tweaking things as we go along. Great. Yeah. Jake, we have to wrap up. Can you tell everybody where we can find out more about the kinds of installations you all do? Yeah, so you can find us at uh, tablemationstudios.com or at tablemationstudios on any social media platform and uh, watch a ton of videos. And obviously, you can also look at uh, the JW Marriott DC website for their specific install and uh, the open table. Excellent. Thanks. Tony, tell everybody where they can find all the information here at the JW Marriott. Well, the best place is to go to Open Table, search Le Petit Chef or Marriott.com and um, JW Marriott Washington, D.C. There's links in there. Take you straight to the booking site. Great. Easy, one-stop shop. Totally a different thing to do. So much fun. Okay, Felipe, we're going back to you. Uh, we're done with cocktails? No, we have one more. Oh, my God. Okay, what are we doing? You're a pusher. You're right? a pusher. The most classic cocktail anybody could have in old-fashioned. I want to know where you're from originally. Originally, so I was, I'm born and raised in Miami, but my background is Brazilian. Right. Yeah. Okay, so you're going to make us an old-fashioned. Yes. But before we drink that, um, because we only have a couple minutes left, just tell everybody sort of like the last 411 on what's going on at Nobu. 
dinner, brunch, lunch, like what you guys offer and uh, happy hour because you have a Tenoshi hour. Let's just get into some of that. Yeah. So we have Tenoshi hour every day except Saturday. So that's basically our version of happy hour. So come by for some cocktails, some uh some Nobu Bites anytime from 5 to 6.30. And I read that it's not just at the bar, right? Oh, no. It's in the whole lounge and the bar top area. Is the patio still uh, open, too? Patio right now, we're starting to get ready to shut it down. It's getting a little too cold. Yeah. Um, we don't have Dude, that much room for... it's going to be 70 today. doesn't have that much room for heaters. Is I mean, pool? on a night like Wait, today, we can. Oh, okay. oh, if only we had one. You have to go to Miami for that. <laughs> uh, anyway, but we're working on uh, brunch right now also, which is something we just launched every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, from 11.45 up until around 2.30 in the afternoon. So uh, uh, reservations are pretty easy. You can just go on Open Table, uh, search Nobu DC and make book reservations, or just go on to our website as well and has all of our information for uh, whether you're booking for brunch, large parties, whatever the case may be, that's nobuRestaurants.com with an S at the end. Great. Great. Thank you yeah. so much. All right. You want to wrap it up? Yeah, very quickly. Uh, this morning I was filling up our dog's water bowl and my mind wandered, so I wandered away and I left the water on and I came back and it suddenly occurred to me I heard a news report that there are lots of people in Ukraine, thanks to the Russians, that can't even get water out of the tap. Mm -hmm. So that's still going on, and this is the drum I beat every week. Give, give, give. I don't care if it's a dollar, $20, whatever you can give to the Red Cross. Give it to Jose Andres at World Central Kitchen. But help those people because this is a long war. It's going to go on for a long time, and they are in deep stuff. Yes. And uh, on that note, we want to thank all of our guests for joining us in studio today. I do want to remind everyone to take their kindness pills when they dine out. The whole point of eating out and drinking out is to have a good time. And that is a relationship between you, the patron, and then the restaurateur. So we all have to do it together. Uh, Thank you to my guests. This was a lot of fun. Don't forget to follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for everything that's going on. Of course, you should go to the list, areyouonit.com, to find out even more information. And tune in to Industry Night Tuesdays on Real Fun DC at 7 p.m. Thank you all again, and have a delicious week.